Hi, Ashley. Welcome to Life on Earth podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, so excited <laughs> to have you as a guest, uh, Ashley Deaton. Yeah, you got <laughs> we it. Were, we were just talking about uh, your spell uh, pronunciation before we started. So I think this is a really great way to kick off um, a new year, 2023, with you coming on the podcast. And, you know, I was talking about mindset and Ashley's a coach and all um, all kinds of different things, dancer, choreographer. Yeah. So, <laughs> Ashley, um, yeah, what is the, I'm going to get into your background, but what's the coaching method that you are now offering your clients and that you're doing online courses and also in-person working yes. as well? Yeah, so I offer a variety of courses. Um, I always like to just talk to potential clients so that I can really kind of get to know their challenges and just more about, you know, what they're looking for, what they're experiencing so that I can guide them, you know, in the right direction. So I do life coaching, wellness coaching. Um, I like to call myself a mindset and wellness coach because I do feel like a lot of the problem lies in our mindset, right? Mm -hmm. We can be our own worst enemy in terms of the thoughts we think on a regular basis. And, you know, that kind of runs in the background of our whole lives, either motivating us or disempowering us. Um, so it's to bring some new perspective, new insight, new options and possibilities into people's worlds so that the stories that they tell endlessly and uh, the negative thought patterns are kind of interrupted and they can eventually start being replaced by more empowering thought patterns and, you know, more um, supportive, motivating stories so people can actually step out into the world, be more confident and and have the things that they really desire. You know, mm -hmm. um, so it's coaching. I use I like to enroll people into at least a 90 day program so that we have enough time to work together to, um, you know, have some consistency and working on different things and uh, give it enough time to really see some progress, you know, to, to be able to come to fruition. Um, I teach some courses too. Uh, one course that I love, and I know we'll we'll talk about it a little bit more later, is the Clarity Catalyst, and it, it came from Stanford. That's University. what I was. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the one you wanted me to get into mentioned. that. Okay. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> when you were telling me about that a while ago. That sounded so interesting. Yeah, tell yeah. us how that works. So that course originated at Stanford University, and the reason why it was developed is because Dr. Michael Ray was in charge of the school of business and he noticed his students were like not finding happiness and success in their lives after school and they were very mm -hmm. bright and very smart and you know had everything going for them so this is a course in mindfulness and in emotional intelligence it's meant to help you unlock your creativity to manage stress and anxiety to really help you tap into your purpose so that you're not just on autopilot going through the motions and stressed out and, you know, running on this endless loop. And, you know, it's to be present, to be intentional, to really understand who you are, what you really want out of life, um, and then to give you the tools to just own it, to step into that, to be it's and it's all practical stuff, right? It's probably mm -hmm. stuff that 
all of us who do this personal development work, we know what we should be doing. But a lot of times just in the sea of madness and the obligations and to do lists and everything else, yeah. we just don't usually show up for ourselves in a way that makes time for it on a consistent mm -hmm. enough basis. So this course breaks it down into very practical steps. It's an eight week course. Um, we would meet if it's in person, it's for two hours, once a week for eight weeks. If it's online, we do an hour and a half. Um, but you get a lesson for the week and then you live with it. You have, so it kind of, there's accountability involved. There's very easy, simple daily practices that you just kind of, you know, it helps you build consistency and make time for those things that you probably know you should be doing anyway. And it just mm -hmm. kind of reframes things and gives you a new perspective, new ways to look at your challenges. So you went through the, what is it called again? The catalyst. The, the clarity catalyst. Clarity, clarity. You went through yes. the course yourself. You went through I the did. training. I and went through the course as a student. And then I decided that I wanted to be trained, um, certified as an instructor. A big reason is because they have three different um, versions of the course. An adult course, they have a teens and kids version, and they have a corporate version. So I just like that, um, one, I'm passionate about working with teens and kids too. Um, I think the school systems need this course for their kids because I think over and over, like, I wish I knew this when I was younger, you know, mm -hmm. I wish I had these tools. So um, I loved that part about it. Um, and of course, I think we all know that corporate America could use a little bit of mindfulness and emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah. And tell us about your background. I know that you're a dancer and you work with the NBA. No, the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And NBA and NFL. So. Yeah. Yeah. And NFL. I have just been a dancer <laughs> practically my whole life. Yeah. You know, I hear music and my body just moves. Um, mm -hmm. So I danced when I was in college. I went to LSU. I was a Tiger girl. When the Hornets, the basketball team, the NBA team came to New Orleans, um, I decided to try out and I made the team as a dancer and their coach and choreographer. And then from there, I just kind of evolved into manager, director, and then eventually since um, the same ownership owned the Pelicans, Hornets became the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. uh, so the and, Pelicans and that's and the, the New Orleans basketball team, and that's yes. the New Orleans football team. Yes, uh, obviously. Yeah. Yes. So from 2017 to 2020, I ran all the entertainment teams for both the Pelicans, the NBA team, and the Saints. And so you're talking about choreographing dances and managing, you know, just kind of coordinating the dancers, but also choreographing. And yes, just I the mean, whole nine yards. Yeah, thankfully I had help because I managed over a hundred people. There were six different teams that were under my umbrella in both organizations. So, um, you know, I, it was basically like two full time jobs: dressing mm -hmm. them, co coordinating appearances, payroll. You know, um, the music, the choreography, just keeping up with all those games and practices and photo shoots, and um, it was a dream job. You know. But it was so intense. Yeah, so no, I so know demanding. because I know I know you from that time. <laughs> right. You know, I know you for yeah. Yeah, I know how cool it is. Um and, and exactly so demanding. So what made you so you choreographer, dancer, and you you know, that's it sounds like such an awesome career and opportunity. And then coming out of that 
and now going into more health and wellness and mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you looked for different programs to get trained and also, so what, but I'm curious, like what part of you made you want to work on your, um, I guess, health and wellness and also mental health and all that. Have you experienced, or was it just Mm -hmm. like from some kind of changes or some stability that these things, how did this actually help you that you then said, okay, I want to help others, you know? Yeah, there's so much to unpack there. (laughs) (laughs) um, I think like in 2020, probably like most people just, you know, faced with the pandemic and things just you know, coming to light and, um, you know, everybody's world kind of being shaken up a little, right? Um, I was praying a lot and just feeling like unsatisfied maybe, or just like there has to be more, but Mm -hmm. I was praying because that was my dream job and it's all I knew, you know, for 19 years, I had worked in professional sports entertainment and I loved the people that I coached. but I kept praying like, God, if it's time for me to move on and find the next dream job, I'm gonna need a push because this has been like my passion, you know, for, for just so long. Um, and I got that push <laughs> that I needed. And uh, as scary as it was, the ultimate voice inside of my head was that I needed to believe in myself, believe in, um, my work ethic and my talent and i knew that i could create something really great for myself that encompassed everything that i love the most in life but that allowed me more balance and more freedom and even more fulfillment because i could take care of myself in the process which i really wasn't able to do with all the stress and pressure of my previous job um i was yeah really because good. i mean with all the glamour of it you were in a very tight i mean yes you had it's like both you had the glamour of it and all the benefits and all the cool stuff but it was also a super crazy tight schedule i mean as it should be you know with um okay the, yeah, as it should be the tight schedule and the discipline, but having to be and I think a lot of people can experience that even in corporate America, or, yes. you know, if you have that kind of job that you have to wake up at a certain time, you have to be at a certain meeting, you have to, you know, be on the clock for X amount of hours. And in your place, and many athletes, which I've worked with many athletes, too, they work on the weekends, and they're traveling, and they're doing this. And that. I mean, it is quite intense. So really, I can see the shift from that to now more freedom having, you know, working with individual clients, it's quite the transformation. Yes, I, um, You know, I was very good at taking care of other people, <laughs> but not so much myself. And I know everybody can can really relate to that, too. Right. It seems to be yeah. more na- natural for us to give of ourselves to others. But a lot of times we lose ourselves in the process. And what we don't realize a lot of times is that we're, we're not really giving as much as we could when we're when we're fully depleted all the time. Yeah. Right. So so it's just important. And when I left my goal was i want to do all the things i love the most you know but like on my terms and one thing that i realized that was so important to me was the mentorship the really helping my dancers not only in dance but to just be better humans and to be happier and more confident and more well-rounded and more prepared for challenges and um 
you know, so it was important to me to take that to the next level. Yeah. And to work and on I, myself too. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is like you were saying, um, when we were talking earlier about you mentoring dancers too, and really connecting with that community, because even there's so many girls, teenagers, or even professional, whatever that are doing that, but maybe need the men, you know, you've got all that coaching for the physical stuff and the choreographer and all that. But then to have someone who can um, just be there for them on a mentorship level, sort of off the dance floor type of thing and off practice, but what's going on in their life, what's going on in their romantic life or friendships or even families or on a personal level too, you know, just growing natural growth. That is so important, I think, especially for young teens and, and young adults. So it yeah. really for anybody, even mm -hmm. for adults too. But, you know, when you look at that demographic that I know that you still work with, because you still teach dance classes, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, you know what, like I, I, it was my job for so long that it was almost painful for me to have to choreograph dances. And now that it's like in my life for fun, like yeah. I'm, in I'm in heaven, you know, like it needs to always be in my life as long as I can get up and move and dance. It's just, it's definitely yeah. a soul expression and it makes me happy. It's my happy place. Yeah. That's how I feel about teaching yoga. It's mm -hmm. like, I've, I've gotten my hands into doing all kinds of different things. And I've, I've, I also find myself a lot of times mentoring people, but I love uh, getting on the studio and just teaching a, just a nice old regular yoga class. Like the way I started is just the best, but I was thinking for you also to, you know, get this, all this other thing that you have with the coaching and then use it also for in those dance classes, you can also say that you can give that extra support. And for girls who are all over the country, you know, you can, you see people on zoom too, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. And you can um, do online stuff. With of you. course. Yeah. And when I was thinking um, a few minutes ago, yeah, I can I see this in dance, but obviously it's not just in the dance community. It's in anything, right? Any sport that teenagers are doing these days or whatever. Things have gotten so competitive and intense that the pressure these teens are putting on themselves and maybe some of it is coming from the parents. Maybe they're putting it all on themselves, you know, in an attempt to prove their value or, you know, prove that they're better because they're comparing themselves to other people. Um, mm -hmm. And we all do that, by the oh, way. Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Um, but like parents will pour money into private lessons and, you know, okay, they want to be a dancer. They want to be a cheerleader. How can I help them to be the best they can be? Which is amazing, right? Like if you have the resources to help your child excel, I am all for that. Um, but I see that a big problem is a lot of times, you know, they're, they're defeated mentally before they even show up to the practice, before they even show up to the competition, you know, or the match or whatever it is. So I think that's a big Because thing. of the pressure, the pressure that you're talking about. It's almost like a pressure cooker. Yes. Yes. That is a big thing. And that's a big thing with a lot of people. So what do you say could be something, a work around that? I mean, I think all of us, not just dancers. I mean, you know, I speak from a dance perspective because I'm in that world and it's what I see. But 
you know, we're so focused on the action when a lot of times it's not take more physical action. It's tune in, right? Check in with ourselves. What do we need right now? What's going on internally? And is what's going on internally supporting us to actually show up the way we want to show up? Or is it getting in the way? Is it, you know, pulling us back or defeating us before we even begin? There's a lot of work that can be done there. Um, that would make the physical effort flow a little bit better, be a little less challenging because yeah. we're not working against ourselves. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And in yoga, a lot of times we we say that has to do with like being in the present moment because, yeah. you know, if you are in the present moment, if you really are in that present moment with that breath in that moment, then your mind is not going to be thinking about all the other stuff or the pressure or what, uh, you know, the competition that you have to have or what your parents told you, you know, and you're just going to really be in that moment. But there's so much work that needs to be done for a person to actually live in the, pre that, I mean, that's challenging. It's not like, it doesn't come super easy, you know, and, it's a practice. And, and, and you need to be doing the work and it's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice, the work, it's a practice. It's not like got there, check. And that's nope. where I think that coaches come in so handy, you know, and whether someone is doing anything that has to do with a growth mindset, like whether someone is going to talk therapy, if that's their thing, or, you know, working with a yoga teacher, maybe in somatic experience, which that or movement dance too. But then you have nowadays, some very capable individuals such as yourself, that's like, offering some wellness coaching and some, you know, personal coaching and to work with someone like that, that can be a mentor or just a support system that has a process and a program, you know, I think that that's mm -hmm. so valuable. And I would even say to have more than one thing, you know, maybe you, you go to the yoga class and you have a coach and you do your meditation. I mean, that's at least that, that's my life experience. I'm always kind of working on myself. Me too. I feel like it's really important, especially in today's world. And you were talking how it's so unstable and there's just so much in this world that's like, um, what I want to say, kind of a rat race and nonstop and competitive and just all those things that are n not the spiritual aspect. Right. I think adding the opposite and having some kind of really plan or program you know you enroll in a course or you do the coaching sessions with the person you enjoy and you you're a good fit and match with and you do the work that you do <clears throat> for me like I have my tea practice connecting with nature walking whatever it is that a person does I think it's really important so I wanted to say this because I wanted to have you on the podcast right in the beginning of the year because we're talking about mindset and I love if we could get, you know, the community of Life on Earth and all the listeners and your your community too, just really committed to the mindset of um, being held accountable for who you are and yep. for your actions, mm -hmm. you know, and it is hard to do it alone. You know, 100%. It, is, it is hard to do it alone, have some kind of accountability and to have someone who can support you like Ashley, like what you're doing, I really, you know, I honor that. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Thank you. I was actually yeah. just thinking this and like so much you just said, my, 
my brain is I'm yeah. so bad to say. But yeah. but you touched on like mindfulness, right? Like coming back to the present moment. I mean, that is such a foundational principle in the clarity catalyst. Um, because it's been scientifically proven that you can't have obsessive thoughts and you know focus on your senses or just be present when you are present it automatically shuts down all of your worry about the future all of your regret about the past that's on an endless loop right so a lot of people will get that in yoga class with you i'm sure um but it is a practice and all of us have an internal world that we relate to we see the external world through the filters of what we've decided is true in our internal world So we're going to keep using those filters. We're going to keep seeing the world the same way. We're going to keep, you know, having the same relationship to our challenges until someone presents us with a new way to look at it or a new perspective Mm -hmm. or a new option. And and you always have the choice to say like, "Mm, I don't think so. (laughs) Right. Right. You can hold on to your story for as long as you want to. And if it's serving you well, then great. If it's causing you suffering or pain or anxiety, it's worth being willing, just the willingness to say, like, let me put that belief aside and just consider that something else could be possible for a minute. I love that. Yeah, because chances are you can if you can be if you can allow and be willing another perspective to come into your life and you can feel into it, chances are it's going to feel a lot better than that sad yes. story you've been holding on to. And that feeling will motivate you to go with it to, to because you have to believe mm-hmm. it and put it out and go out into the world from that place of belief mm-hmm. in order for the world to be able to prove it back to you. Right. 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 It's like an energetic thing too, that you need to get that vibrational match. Otherwise, like if you don't, but you know, like you said, it, it's hard sometimes when you're going through something, or even if it's not like you're going through something, but you have a certain life that you don't have an outside perspective, you're like always with the same job, same partner, same friends, same everything. You just don't have that sort of other perspective. And if you're working with somebody that can really kind of, you know, walk you or show you a new possibility, but you sometimes you need that other that's what I'm trying to say, external, you know, another eye, another ear, another perspective, whether you agree, like you said, or not, you may not agree with everything, you may agree with half of it or whatever. Mm -hmm. But how can you get that if you're always in the same bubble, with the same group of people, the same place, the same set, then it's like, it's going to be really hard to find a solution to a problem. If you're doing the same thing over and over again. You're on that and hamster it's wheel. Like, it's almost like impossible. You yeah. Know? It's like you're choosing to be on the hamster wheel and you think that's your only option, but like the door to the cage yeah. is open and you can like, it's like, yeah. hey, come out and play with us instead. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, I just almost had like a, a, an aha moment talking to you right now because I mean, we've all done that and I have too. And of course, it's just kind of frustrating because sometimes you, we can make things much harder than what they actually need to be. If you are thinking like, okay, something, I need to change something, something needs to shift, but then you're only doing the same thing over and over again, and Mm -hmm. nothing is shifting. And then you look back and like a year have passed, or six months or two years, you know, however much then and then a person can go, Oh, shoot, 
I'm still, and then you, people start getting depressed. That's how yep. these things happen. Mm -hmm. So how can you get out of the hamster wheel? Like you're mm -hmm. saying, how can you, I think it has to do with getting out of that bubble. And that is so cool to be able to, yes. you know, and now we have so many opportunities. I think that there's a lot of people like yourself that are really, um, you know, strong, coming strong with a lot of, a lot to give, like, you know, trained and that can, it, it can really offer some really cool, uh, possibilities and solutions or even different things like, Hey, you can do this mastermind or you can do mm -hmm. this private or you can do a course or you can do whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And then, it, so I think it's an invitation for people to jump into those opportunities. Yeah. And you know, I, and I think going back, it's just about a willingness, right? It's a willingness to put down your story. It's a willingness to let go of it because we all like to be right. And we want to prove yeah. our story to the death. Right. So, but you have to at some point say like, is this story serving me? Is me being right worth it if I'm miserable, right? I have to be willing to see this differently, put down my story, be open to some new possibilities, ask for help if I can't see another possibility or another story that might feel better or more empowering. Um, and what I like too, and what I tell a lot of people is, First of all, I think therapy is necessary and amazing. But what I see, especially in teens or young adults, is they think if I go to therapy, I have to admit that something's wrong with me and I have to be diagnosed and there's nothing wrong with me. Or mm -hmm. they feel guilty, like I have a great life. I don't have any reason to be complaining or to feel sad like this. So who am I to go to therapy and play woe is me, right? But we all have this stuff going on in our heads and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. I would even tell some of my, you know, clients who come to me, like, maybe you should see a therapist in mm -hmm. conjunction with me. I mean, what it's so important to find the compatible resources for exactly who you feel comfortable with, what you really need, um, you know, and I, to, to whatever extent I can really try to make working with me comfortable and fun and mm -hmm. lighthearted and let's bring an ease to it right like there was a coach that i worked with in my coach training and she said this and i latched onto it and it was so brilliant to me she says she often has to ask herself how can i make this easy and i got that like a huge light bulb because i grew up and for most of my life have been work harder, push harder, hustle more, prove your worth, you know, um, that's exhausting. It is. That's, that's exhausting. Yeah. There, there's a way to have things flow a little bit easier. There's a way to take perfectionism off the table and just mm -hmm. say, what feels good to me and how can I make this easy right now? Just to take that right. step, right? Because otherwise, we make it this huge ordeal. We make things more difficult than they have to be. And we end up yeah. stuck in the same place for way too long. Yes, I love that you said that to do things with more ease and more flow. That's so beautiful. I love that you said that. And what I wanted to say to something that we were talking a little earlier, when when we are always taking care of others, or whether it's like, you know, your job or someone or or, or many beings, 
and we we kind of forget to 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 do self to practice self care and take care of ourselves and we just kind of keep doing that for a while at some point if you're really not uh it's great to take care of others right it's the say it's that thing of the oxygen you got to put the oxygen mask on you first before you put it onto others because i think what happens if it, it's great to take care of others but if you're not taking care of yourself eventually you're not even going to be yourself anymore 100%. like yourself gets diluted you know type of thing i'm thinking about this right now in yoga we call it like the self with the capital s is sort of like yep. the essence of who you are mm -hmm. not the self with the little s is like all those attachments and what you think you know very kind of mundane but we all have and that's what I think spirituality and journaling and coaching and whatever brings you close to is like that essence. Who are you? Why are you here for? Right. Like yeah. that spirituality of who you really are, independent of your partner, independent of your children, of your animals, of anything. Who are you? But when we are so caught up in like just whether it's being taking care of everybody else except for you or or you're so busy or whatever you are that self gets diluted and when that self gets like super diluted then really then you are you get far away from yourself yeah and then that's when you're like oh my god what happened i don't i'm not even me anymore and i see that happen yeah. with a lot of people sometimes you know you know so it this happens a lot when people are like divorcing because they like lost themselves they're not even they have to kind of find themselves all over again. Mm -hmm. But we don't need to get to a point that's that tragic or dramatic. No. Even then, there's always a solution. But I'm saying is, what I'm suggesting is, why not tend to that self, you know, on a daily, weekly basis all the time so that we don't have to be to disconnect so much from our most authentic self. Because Absolutely. I really believe that if we are vibrating and we're operating on the planet from that, from who we really are, then not only life reflects that and brings that to you, but it will be an easier ride. It will be an easier. Definitely. And, and I don't at all want to come across as someone who has always known myself and, <laughs> you know, been able to feel comfortable and confident enough to do the work that I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up with a bipolar mother who was very loving and very kind and very generous, but it made for a very volatile, uncomfortable family life where I learned to not be a bother, don't have any needs, take care of yourself, be self-sufficient, don't ask for anything. Um, and I went through a very sad, No, even though on the surface, I was confident, successful, you know, making dance teams, getting great jobs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I had so much sadness and confusion and darkness that I was dealing with or trying to suppress so that I could keep showing up and, and trying to, you know, live this life. So I've done the work like it was probably in my early 30s where it was just like, you're the problem, girl, like what, you know, so I started asking the questions. One, I felt a release like I'm willing to 
look at all my flaws. I'm and it and it's not even flaws, right? It's just your conditioning or your programming or the way you look at things that just holds you back and stands in your way and causes more suffering than is necessary. So mm -hmm. I had like several years where, you know, I was just asking for guidance and following, like showing up, right? So if you're going to ask for guidance, you also have to be willing to receive it when it comes to you because it's not always going to look or sound like you think it should. Mm, so that's a it, good point. If it's a book, if it's a song on the radio, if it's a podcast like we're talking about, yeah, you know, because the most powerful things that came to me during that time were were things that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, kind of felt I don't know about this because it wasn't in alignment with what I had been taught my whole life or what I had believed. But there was something inside of me that says, but why am I so triggered by it? Because it's not a bad thing. Like I need to be, I just at least need to be willing to learn more about this. And then I can decide at that point if I want to reject it or if I want to integrate it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's important because we're comfortable yeah. with what we know to be true. So a lot of times the things that could help us the most, we will instantly reject because they're unfamiliar. Mm -mm, that can't be true because that's not what I've been taught. That feels very different, but different isn't necessarily bad. We're just uncomfortable with it because it's it's unfamiliar to us, right? But how are you going to create something new? How are you going to get out of your own way if you don't let things that are new and unfamiliar in, right? You have to yeah. at some point. If you want something different, you have to be open to something different. Yeah, even though it can be so uncomfortable, and scary. especially it's scary and uncomfortable, especially when you are going through the the transition, like you know when the the caterpillar caterpillar becomes the butterfly. There is a there is a discomfort there. There is that moment that you know it needs to go into that cocoon, and then something starts growing, and it sometimes it can be painful. Yeah, but if you don't allow yourself to go through that process, you'll never know what's on the other side. Never but know. two things that you said that I wanted to comment on. One is that um, I know you know this, but like you said, we're always, yes, it's never like, oh, I fully know myself. I'm in this world too of, you know, just grow, growth mindset and self-care and all this. And I do this to myself and, I, and you too. And it's not, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm still trying to figure it all out every year, you know, every month, every day, like, I'm like, wow, what's next? When I, you think you've figured things out, there's always like a next layer and something else. So I feel like the work is always like ongoing and always. there's always there's always more to, you know, uncover and to, but it is interesting. I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's really interesting and it can really ultimately bring you to a place of a lot more freedom. You know, and, and every time you do the work, you get more freedom, more freedom, more freedom, and, and ultimately the ultimate freedom, you know, like, and that's kind of the beauty because there's just this sort of, it's so expensive, you know, yeah, yeah. the possibilities are huge, but it doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I did this course, got there, check. Like, no, we're still learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, even yeah. if you're a coach, you're still learning, you know, definitely. If you're a yoga teacher, you're still learning. Even if you're a teacher trainer, oh my God, there's so much more to learn. Um, and I think also always keeping that mindset of also trying to be humble and and you know and compassionate and knowing that we're all going through this human experience. 
And there's different levels. You know, Mm -hmm. there's always going to be someone a little ahead of us. And there's always going to be someone a little behind them. And it's just part of the whole process, you know. But the other thing I wanted to comment on is that you you mentioned, you know, you growing up and you're bipolar. At the time, you had a mother who was really wonderful, but also bipolar. And how challenging that was. Well, that experience, to me, it's probably like one of your biggest schooling for what you're doing right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And it really has become sort of one of your superpowers. I think everybody, hopefully, one day will get to the point where they realize their biggest challenges are their biggest teachers and their biggest blessings because it's so true. Like I can look back on every, the most painful experiences that I've gone through Uh have been the catalyst to a new level of growth, to a new level of freedom and possibility. And that's just how this life is designed to be, you know, and Going back to what you said earlier, I also worry sometimes, don't worry, I don't like to worry, let's take that word off the table, but when we say you have to do the work, you have to show up for yourself because it's it's a constant, you know, not even learning who you are, but remembering who you are, right? Right. Um, But it's not really work like, oh gosh, because I see people going, I don't have time to do this work. I don't have time to meditate and journal and go to yoga and like all this. Yeah, good point. I don't don't have time to do more Mm -hmm. work. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. But it's almost finding a way to use your time more efficiently because you'll notice when you fit in these practices, first of all, it's going to energize you. It's going to, you'll have these little light bulb moments that make you excited to keep doing it more, to keep learning more. So that motivates you. And then the rest of your life flows a little bit better. So Mm -hmm. it might be a little bit challenging in the beginning to get new habits and new practices to happen consistently enough, just like going to the gym, right? If you sit on your sofa for 20 years and never get up, Going to the gym for the first time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be so hard, right? Yeah. That's in anything we try to incorporate. But when you go, I would even challenge that when you go, even that first time after 20 years, it will give you a boost of energy and you will feel like, well, it's like, you know, you're going to be like, oh my God, that felt so good. And, or that felt good. I want a little more of that. Then you just have to find the motivation to get up again the next day out of the couch, which sometimes that can also be sort of, (laughs) you know, a challenge, but it is, it is awesome when you, yes, you get that boost of energy. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I just threw that out there because I don't want, you know, your listeners to be like work. I don't have time to add. Yes. I mean, I know I did it when I was, you know, essentially working two full time jobs. I didn't. It was rare that I ever had one day off, you know, so I was in that same boat. I was I can't make time for this. And now coming from a place where I've really made it a priority, I've really focused on who I am and loving myself more, even though when I was a teenager or when I was in my 20s, if you would have asked me if I love myself, I would have said, of course. Did I really? No, I had so Mm -hmm. much negative self-talk. I beat myself up constantly. I had imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome the whole time. You know, Um, I always had insecurities, didn't feel good enough about anything that I was doing. So that's totally not the case anymore. And it really has to do with showing up to check in, 
What do you need on a daily basis? And actually feeling like you're worthy enough to receive it, taking the time to give that to yourself so that you can be the best you for everybody around you, right? If I'm showing up and doing my job and trying to like help people, but I'm frazzled and grumpy and short tempered and you know, they're not really getting all that I have the potential to give, right? So there's a level of self-love that I think a lot of people maybe you just don't even realize it's possible. Yes, exactly. And also when you when you find these new things about yourself that you get like woed by, like, whoa, that's so cool. And you kind of, you know, you get that. You you also start becoming when triggers happen in life, you start becoming less reactive. Yes. And so I think that when you start seeing that, because you were talking about how hard it may be like if you're so busy, you don't want to add more work. But when you're you know, you're, you're committing and you're doing something and then you're getting that kind of result just to when triggers happen or in your life. And then you are not going to be reactive to them as you were in the past. That's huge because those times that we become reactive by it, it can be a big thing or even like a little thing, right. Mm -hmm. Um, that can send us off on a spiral. And those spirals, sometimes they last days, weeks, if not months. I mean, sometimes I'm talking to some of my clients and it's like, oh, went out on a date, like second date or third day and the he or she said something. And then that, you know, was a trigger. And now this person's feeling bad for like a month or two months. It's like, okay, enough of that. Yes. You know, if you really get to know yourself, then you, you, and, and you're like, you have a revelation about a certain aspect of yourself. And then you can kind of remove that veil and say, okay, wow, I don't have to deal with that anymore. That no longer will become a trigger. And mm -hmm. that's huge. You know, those Absolutely. are the things now that I'm um, on a personal level, like I'm super curious about my own self. Like, you know, when things happen and I get triggered, I'm like, where is this coming from? And like, why am I getting triggered? Because it's never what's happening or it's never, you know, the outs you know that yes i'm not saying the situation is not bad it could be terrible it could be whatever shitty whatever but i'm saying it's really how i react to it yep. right and how i hold space for it and how i process that in my life and i want ease i want flow you yep. know like yep. you were saying i just want things to be like more neutral even yes but if i have a reaction to it and it's so strong I'm now at a point that I can at least, even if I don't know what it is, I can step back and take a deep breath and say, holy cows, where's this coming from? I've got some more work to do. Yes. Who, is, who am I going to? What course, you know, do I have a support system? Do I have someone who I can trust that I can go to or a course or whatever it is to then kind of see what's the what's that about? And can we work on that so that that can sort of dissolve, you know, so that no, so then it's the next thing, whatever, but I become clearer and clearer as it goes. And I love that. I love, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, you know, just doing, doing this because the process, whatever you want to call it, if we mm -hmm. don't want to call it the work, but yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, I if because my coaching business is called Soul Work and I spell work W-E-R-K. Oh, yeah. So we can call it the work as long as we spell it with an E so that it's like yes, fun and work. like swaggy. Yeah. I get it now. I get it now. I never even thought about that. But yeah, the work and work is like super fun. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let's yeah. uh, let's let people know now how they can find you and share also like what you have coming up because yes, I know you have a bunch of different things coming up as of the beginning of twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. So. We are. I will periodically throughout the year be running groups for the Clarity Catalyst. I have a new one starting on January 23rd. Um, so I guess you can, I mean, you can find me on Instagram. I think you're going to share with everybody, right? My mm -hmm. Instagram and my contact information and all mm -hmm. that good stuff. So um, I would love to hear from people about that. Um, Second of all, I'm in the middle right now. I'm actually starting tonight with, I mean, this is going to be aired later than tonight, so I don't want to confuse people. It's January 4th. Um, I'm starting a three-part workshop series. It's free. It's online. Um, and it's about kind of like stepping into a bolder version of who you want to be, who you see yourself being in the future so that 2023, I can set you up for success. Like, let's get clear with what you want to create who you see yourself being that would make you really feel awesome. Um, so that starts tonight and it's a three part series. Anybody can register for that. I think you're gonna share the event bright link for that too. Mm -hmm. So if people kind of get on board with it late, I will send replays so they okay. can kind of, and I'll also provide like little tools and experiences from the Clarity Catalyst course within those workshops so that people can kind of get a taste of it and see what that's all about. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, I so you talked about the one that's starting in on the 19th or 18th, something like that. The 23rd is when oh, I 23rd. start. Okay. Yes, the 23rd is when I start the next Clarity Catalyst online group. So that's the eight-week course. Um, I'll start that one on, on January 23rd. Mm -hmm. um, and then the little free workshop, online workshop series is going on right now. And where do you teach classes now, dance classes, if someone lives in New Orleans? Yeah, I am at Move Studio. It's an adult studio on in Metairie. Sorry, my phone is ringing. No problem. <laughs> um, it's an adult mm -hmm. dance studio in Metairie. So, yeah, okay. I, teach, I teach a few classes a month there. Lots of fun. Yeah, and I will share your Instagram, but tell us, just let them know, too, what is your uh, uh, preferred IG handle? It's Ash Dietz, so A-S-H-D-E-A-T-S -E underscore soul work. And like I said, work is spelled W-E-R-K. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I love having you. I love this conversation. I hope that, you know, our listeners have gotten something out of it, if not probably many things. And I encourage everyone to start the new year on the right foot and really try to, you know, not um, just not have any fear of facing your fears. Just go for it. And let's face unpack. it. Right. Yeah. Let's face it and mm -hmm. just become the better version of whoever it is that you each individual wants to be. Exactly. And, you know, Ashley's a great support system. So I'm really thankful for you coming today. I'm kind of sad that it's over already. That ah, went so fast. We could talk forever. So fast. <laughs> I know we can. We'll have to do it again. Thank Sounds you so good. much. Sounds good.